0: There's a man named Jesus. He came to this earth from heaven. He liked to tell stories to talk about the truth of God. In fact, he had a special word for these stories that he would tell. We see this word over and over in the Bible. Parable. Who was that? Was that Michael? Angel. Man, good job. It was a parable. So here's a good way to think about Jesus' parables. Parables are earthly stories with heavenly meanings. That is, Jesus would take something on this earth, something that everyone in the crowds knew about, and then he would talk about God's truth in a way that they could relate it to what they already understood. Parables were also heavenly stories with earthly meanings. That is, Jesus was taking truth that he knew from God, because he was God in flesh, and he was actually sharing God's truth with the people who were listening, so that they would live transformed or changed lives. Because Jesus didn't just teach to make people feel good. People did feel good, I'm sure, when they heard the greatest teacher who's ever taught teach them. But Jesus was after something more than just trying to get them to feel good about themselves or life, or just good in general. Jesus also, when he taught and talked, he wanted people to think. That's why he uses a lot of different expressions and phrases. He coins phrases and uses things like hyperbole or parables or even sometimes oxymorons and paradoxes to get his point across. He'll say things like this... The one who wants to save his life should lose it. It's pretty deep, isn't it? He says things like, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. But when he's teaching in these parables, he's after more than just trying to get people's minds stirred up. I mean, after all, you've met people before that are as smart as anything in the world, right? Right? But yet when it comes to living life on a day-to-day basis, they can't find their way out of a wet paper bag. Jesus wanted more for his followers and his audience than just to listen and think. He wanted them to be changed from the inside out, transformed, completely made over, and new. So in Matthew chapter 13, we find a lot of parables. It's a series of parables There's seven of them in Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to look at the sixth of these parables tonight. Matthew chapter 13, verses 45 through 46, if you have a Bible. If you don't, that's fine, you can just listen along. And it's here that Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. And remember, Jesus is telling these stories, these parables, to explain the kingdom of heaven to people in a way that they can understand so here's the story he tells in Matthew chapter 13, verse 45 and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. That's the story. It's pretty short, isn't it? It's only two verses. What could Jesus possibly be talking about that's so important that he would spend two verses giving this whole story about it so people could understand? He's talking about the value of the kingdom of heaven. And this isn't the first time he's talked about the kingdom of heaven. In fact, if you look at parables before, he's explained the kingdom of heaven like a mustard seed that starts off as a little bitty tiny seed and then grows into a big huge tree that all the birds come and fly in and nest in and take shade under. He also talks about the kingdom of heaven like a treasure that's hidden in a field that a man finds and he buries it and then he sells all that he has and he goes and he finds it again. He also talks about the the kingdom of heaven in terms of uh, agriculture. He talks about how a farmer goes out to sow and he sows seed in the field and up from the field comes some wheat, the good stuff, the crop that he wanted to harvest at the end of the season, but also growing amongst the wheat are tares. Tares were the weeds that grew up. The farmer really didn't want those in his field, but he knew if he pulled up the tares, he'd lose some of the wheat with it. So he had to wait until harvest season to pull everything up. And then on the threshing floor, the wheat and the tares would be separated. That is, the righteous and the unrighteous, when the Lord returns, will have no place to hide. God's judgment will come. But here with this talk of the kingdom of heaven, he's talking specifically about the value of the kingdom of heaven. So let's just think for a moment. What do you think of when you hear the word kingdom? Raise your hand if you got something that comes to mind. What do you got, Michael? the castle on the movies. That's is good. It's a magic kingdom. All right. What else? What you got, JD? Do it. A, a big place, right? All right. Yeah. The United Kingdom. All right. The Union Jack flying proudly in the background. Yes. Do it. A, a church? Okay. Yeah, you guys sing that song build build your kingdom here. You guys remember that one? Yeah. Anything else that comes to mind when you think of a kingdom? Okay, a body of people. Yeah, Ethan. Dungeons and dragons. Okay. All right, here's here's something that probably comes to mind at some point at least when you're thinking about a kingdom. Anybody think of a king on a throne? Ruling over a big place? Maybe in a castle, a magic kingdom? A king who maybe has slain the dragon and thrown all the bad people in the dungeon? Um. When Jesus is talking about a kingdom, what's he talking about? Who's the king? God. God's the king. But where is this this kingdom? Is this kingdom a fantasy? Is this kingdom make-believe? Or is this kingdom real? It's real. In fact, Jesus calls it the kingdom of what? Man, you guys are smarter than this. I know. The kingdom of what? The kingdom of heaven. Now, when he uses that word heaven, I mean, heaven. What's heaven like? Raise your hand you got something that comes to mind. What's heaven like? I mean, this is, the, this is the kingdom Jesus is talking about. God's the king of heaven. What's he talking about, heaven? Do what? Calming, all right. At peace. I like that, Colton. Very nice. Bright. Bright paradise, yes, eternal, ooh, I like that one, yeah, oh, golden roads, I like that, Skylar. no darkness, peaceful, all right, yes, happiness, all right, all of these things probably are good descriptions and pictures of what heaven will be like. Heaven is a big place, and it's paradise, it's calming, it's peaceful, it's light. There's no darkness. The Lord is on the throne. There is no sin, evil, wickedness around him. So Jesus is talking, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like. Now picture God upon the throne of heaven, the place where God rules and dwells. It is a place of eternity. Merle said it, okay? Eternity. What does eternity mean? It lasts forever. Good. Lasts forever. So Jesus says this kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. Merchant. You guys use that word on a regular basis? I don't either. Unless I'm playing settlers of Catan. We don't ever talk about a merchant. What do you guys think when you hear the word merchant? Who's got a good definition for what a merchant is? This should just be a one answer thing. Kyle, what you got, man? Buys and sells goods. goods. I like that. Merchandise, right? He's taking care of stuff in the marketplace. This is a merchant. We know what merchants are. We just don't use that word a lot. But in this day and time, they did. In fact, marketplaces were common throughout the cities in which Jesus preached and the villages that he went to. People would make goods. They would sell goods. They would trade goods. They would buy goods. They would barter and debate and all kinds of fun stuff. This particular merchant liked to acquire something valuable, something costly. He had a taste for those little, round, white things that we like to make necklaces out of, or at least your grandmother liked to make necklaces out of. Pearls. Anybody have any pearls with them tonight? Well, all right. We got a few of them out there. All right. Pearls. Now, here's the thing. We, we've, we've got some pearl bracelets and necklaces at our house. I don't wear them. But my little daughter, Mallie does. She just turned eight. Um, and when she wears these little pearl bracelets and necklaces and she loses them, do you think I'm very upset? No, because they're not real pearls. What parent in their right mind would give their eight-year-old little girl pearls to just carry around and lose, right? But let's stop and think about this. What if I had one of my grandmother. Or my great-grandmother's pearl necklaces I said Mally this week I'm gonna let you wear this pearl necklace I'm gonna let you take it to school and I want you to bring it back home I want you to take care of it I want you to cherish it do you want to wear it yeah 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 put it around her neck and she looks at herself in the mirror oh it's beautiful she's beautiful Let's just say Monday she wears it to school and she comes back home and there's no necklace hanging around her neck. You think I'd be a little upset? Why? It's important to Why else? I mean, let's just be honest here. huh? Expensive. It's expensive, man. I mean, this isn't no Dollar Tree little gift that we bought for her so that she could play with. This is a family heirloom passed down. If she loses this, I'm going to be upset because it's valuable. When Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, he's talking about its value in terms like a merchant who's seeking pearls would value these precious little pieces. Pearls have varying values. I don't know if you know this or not, Um, but pearls are not equal, right? In fact, There are some huge giant pearls that are worth lots and lots of money. There are also some huge giant pearls that aren't worth as much money because the quality isn't the same. So let's just say that this merchant one day comes upon one pearl, not even a necklace or a bracelet strung together, but one pearl. In the Bible, Jesus says this pearl is of great value. So this is not like the little plastic thing that you get out of the quarter machine when you're walking into Walmart. This isn't something that your boyfriend probably gave to you because he didn't have enough money to buy you a real pearl necklace. This is a pearl. A real pearl. A pearl that you never thought you would see in your entire life with your own eyes. And you find it in the marketplace. And the guy says... Hey, uh, don't touch that. Well, I've been looking for one of these my whole life. Can I just... Can I pick up the the cushion it's sitting on? Can can I hold it and look at it a little closer? Yeah, sure. So the merchant starts to examine this pearl. He takes a real good look at it. Asks if the man who has it there at his stand can turn it over. Yeah, sure. He turns it over. It's gorgeous. He has never seen anything like this before. In all of the years of working... In this business of buying and selling and trading pearls, he has searched the world over and he's never been able to find it. But here it is. He goes back home and he tries to figure out how in the world he can acquire this pearl. The man has told him the price and his eyes just kind of got big and his jaw hit the floor. I mean, it's all he could do, but he went, Well, that pearl is definitely worth the price. But as he sits down at the dinner table and begins to calculate the money that he has saved and all of the other pearls that he owns, he realizes that even if he traded all the pearls that he had and gave the money every last penny in his pocket, he wouldn't have enough to buy that one pearl. But he's been searching, and he's been searching for this pearl. And so he starts to think, what else could I possibly do? And then he gets a brilliant idea. If life for him was all about finding this one pearl of great value and acquiring it, what about all this other stuff? So he takes a look around, all the possessions in his house, in his home. And he realizes that it might be time for a yard sale. He sells absolutely everything in his house. All the furniture, all the clothes, except for what he's wearing. And he goes, you know what? Why just not get rid of this house, the property, some animals even? This man sells absolutely everything that he has, and he's got just enough money. And he goes back to the marketplace, and he runs up to the booth and says, Sir, is it still here? And The guy says... Yeah? He says, here you go. He says, well, how in the world did you get I sold everything that I had. I've got nothing left but the clothes on my back. He says, well, sir, that, those things are about as tattered and worn out as I've ever seen. I know, but I don't care about nice clothes. I don't care about a house. I don't care about food. I don't care about furniture. I don't care about anything but this hands him the money and he takes it home and he has treasure and he is rejoicing what would you think about that guy that merchant that bought a pearl alright good he's a nut what else he's crazy he's He's going to be hungry what else do what? it's not worth it it. the pearl is not alright do it. He's proud of what, he he's, proud of what he's, he's done. You're right. What else? What would you think about this guy? He would say he knows pearls and this one really is worth everything. How many of you he's think this guy is off his rocker a little bit? That he's crazy? Let me share this with you. Jesus told this story I think because he wanted people to go, what is that guy thinking? I mean, listen to me. Let's just talk for a moment, okay? Our day and time. I grew up collecting baseball cards. Anybody like baseball cards? What are some other things you guys collect? Anybody collect stuff? Hot. Do it. Hot. Hot wheels? Anybody got stamps? Yeah, yeah. All kinds of stuff. Mine was baseball cards growing up. So we've, like literally, me and my brother and my dad, we've probably got several hundred thousand baseball cards in storage right now. They're not doing any good. They're sitting there. We've got them. There's one card that we always wanted. It was a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle rookie card. Anybody know that card? we got a few baseball fans in here. It's good stuff. Anybody know how much that card's worth by chance? A lot. Yeah, I need a dollar figure. what? 1,290. you close if you put several zeros after that. Anybody want to guess? Last one, what it sold for? Yeah. Keep going up. Last one, what it sold for? You're almost there. 1.2 million dollars hang on hang on just wait just wait what if what if growing up I said you know what dad you know this this Hank Aaron rookie card that we've got and you met him and he autographed it for you let's get rid of that one and you know Ozzy Smith the the greatest shortstop of all time my favorite player the rookie card that I wanted when I turned 10 you know that one you gave to me for my birthday let's get rid of that one and dad you know what let's get rid of the three Lou Brock rookie cards that we have and let's get rid of all the Ken Griffey Jr. autograph cards we have and the Mark McGuire baseball uh, bat, you know, little, little insert in the card and the game jersey cards and all of these sets of tops from 1987 to 2000, whatever, that you've acquired for us every year on our birthdays. Let's sell all of those so that we can maybe have enough money to get this one card. But dad, hang on. I thought about it some more. We don't have enough, even if we do that. So, what we need to do is we need to go in our closets and we need to sell all of our other baseball stuff our gloves, our bats, everything like that. And, Dad, we're probably still gonna have enough. So, I need, to, I need you to sell the truck and the van. I mean, both of them. We can walk, you know, church is only, I don't know, 10 miles down the road, school's only a mile and a half. It's not that bad. We can ride the bus. Dad, we're probably not gonna have enough still. So I tell you what, I'll, just, I'll wear this pair of, of, of jeans and t-shirt that I've got, and I'll just put on my old shoes. We can get rid of the rest of my clothes. We're going to have to sell all y'all's clothes too. We're probably going to have to also sell the house and take all of the money that we have out of savings to pay for this one card. Dad, can we do it? What would my dad say? He would say no. What does Jesus say? Jesus says this guy went and sold everything that he had and bought this one pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like that merchant who sold everything he had and bought this one pearl. He was absolutely crazy. And here's why. He found something that he knew was of great value and he decided that it was worth it. Let me share with you the value of the kingdom of heaven. Some of you don't think the kingdom of heaven has any significance whatsoever. You come to church because you get food and because you like to hang out with your friends and because Coy's a fun guy to be around. And because you like the music. They did pretty good tonight, right? Yeah, really good, in fact. But, but hang on, hang on. But when it comes to talk about salvation from sins and you asking forgiveness for the wrong things you've done and living a godly life, you're like, eh. I'll know so much about that. Let me just keep coming to church and hanging out and having fun, and that's kind of where I'm going to leave it. That's not what Jesus said the kingdom of heaven was like. For others of you, you the kingdom of heaven does have some value amongst other things in in life. It's kind of like the house or the car or your grandson's college education or your future or this, or that—it's kind of one of those, one of those other things you, you place up there with all of the good stuff you want around you, and you want to be about, and you want to be doing. But Jesus says, "No, that's that's still not quite it. The kingdom of heaven isn't just one thing amongst many in your life." In fact, Jesus says, "If you really want to understand the value of the kingdom of heaven, you've got to give up all of it." You're like, whoa, 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 Jake, do you realize what you're talking about? I mean, I don't know if you do, Jake. I mean, I'm not a preacher or anything, but here's what some of you are thinking. Some of you are going, Jake, you mean to tell me that all the money, all all the stuff, all the clothes, all the cars, all the fun, all the excitement, all the entertainment, all the vacations, all the future plans, all that stuff, yeah, yeah. Here's what I'm telling you. All that stuff is a pile of rubbish compared to the cross of Jesus Christ and knowing him. You're like, know, Jay, I, I don't know if I can go there, man. Is the kingdom of heaven worth it? Now keep in mind, Merle used this word earlier. If you guys don't know Merle, he's a pretty smart fellow. He's worth listening to. He reminds me a lot of my dad, by the way. You wouldn't let me buy that card either, would you? But he said that the kingdom of heaven is eternal. I want you to think for a moment with me about everything that you value and everything that you consider worth something and everything that is precious to you on this earth. Can you take clothes with you when you die? they'll put clothes on you when you get buried in a casket but when you get into eternity that suit's not going to make a difference nor is the dress you're not going to have it on what about what about all the money in your bank account and your billfold all that money that you want that you don't have I mean at the end of life (laughs) you don't get to take that with you either do you What about your baseball cards? What about your video games? What about your degrees? What about your positions, your titles? What about all of these people that think you're the best person in the world? What about this? What about that? You don't get to take those things with you. So if Jesus is talking about this merchant, and this merchant realizes that everything else paled in comparison to this one pearl... Here's what he's talking about when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. Everything else that you've got and everything else that's around you in life is nothing. Nothing compared to knowing Jesus Christ. Nothing compared to the treasure that there is in him for eternity. Because the kingdom of heaven is priceless. The kingdom of heaven goes on forever and ever. But instead... Some people choose to live their lives here and now as if the things on this earth outweigh and outvalue the things of heaven. So it might be crazy, it might be absolutely crazy to say, you know what, I don't need a car. I don't need a house, I don't need this, I don't need that. I just, I want to follow Jesus and I want him. It might be absolutely crazy. But might it just be crazier to think that all of those things are more important than Jesus and eternity? And this is what Jesus wanted people to realize when he told this story. He wanted them to understand the value and worth of the kingdom of heaven. Each and every person has that decision to make. Just like the merchant who came across the pearl. Are you willing to give up everything? The old sin, the old habits, the old stuff. Are you willing to give that all to Jesus to turn away from it and trust Him? All of the other things that could distract you in life, are you willing to put those things to the wayside to pursue a relationship with God's Son Jesus? Because if you want to follow Him, These are Jesus' words now, not mine, from Luke chapter 9, verse 23. If any of you wishes to come after me, Jesus said, then he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. cross is a place of death. And he must follow me. Are you willing to give it up? To give it over? For just one priceless treasure of eternal value, knowing Jesus Christ forever and ever. Would you bow your heads with me? In just a few moments, you're going to hear a song played, and as the praise team comes and leads us in this song to close the service, I'm just going to ask that you respond to God, however he's speaking to your heart tonight. Maybe you realize that you've been unconcerned about the kingdom of heaven because you've never thought about the eternal significance of your life, of your soul, maybe it's time tonight to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ and become a Christian and invest eternally in God's kingdom. Maybe you call yourself a Christian, but you're here tonight and you realize that you have put things not necessarily above God, but you've tried to just put God on the shelf like the other things in your life he's not just one amongst many he is the holy one who rules over all either he's the king or he's not maybe it's time that you come to the king and ask forgiveness for placing other things upon the throne of your life and ask him to take sole possession of your heart and your mind so that you live for him and for his glory maybe you're here tonight and you're like this merchant In the story Jesus told People around you think you're nuts Because you're willing to live in Africa For the rest of your life In a grass hut And never eat another steak And go to another movie So long as you can tell people across the world About Jesus Christ Maybe people think that you're insane Because you keep inviting them to church Or praying for them Because you keep coming to church And they wonder why in the world You aren't doing the same things that you used to do Can I tell you and remind you that it's worth it. Oh, it's worth it to follow Jesus. I'll be standing down here in the front if you need to speak with me or pray with me. This altar's open if you need to come and kneel in prayer. As God calls to your heart tonight,